Well, uh, I had therapy this weekend. It was really helpful because I got to talk all about my boss monsters that have been dying. And uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm finally sort of like back on my feet and, and ready to, to play this game again. Uh, so let's see. Zach, what time is it? I think it's time for a kind of good RPG podcast. Roll some dice. Let's roll some dice. This is a whole new day, a whole new world, and a whole new part of the world. Anybody want to give their recollection of what's been going on the last couple of weeks? We have had a tough time since leaving Wolf's Thatch. We fought. No, we didn't fight. Came across a creepy uh, ferryman, uh, a mayor that wanted to do terrible things to us. On a side trip to a temple, we fought two big bosses. Um, what else did we fight on the way? That's it. See, this is why I don't level you up. It seems like a lot, but it's just two fights, really. Two and no, half. the mayor had a bunch of beast men. And, yeah. and a wyvern? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Wyverns. Yeah. Two wyverns. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this was clear, but the uh, ferryman, he was the Oni. That's where he first met the ah, That's where he first met him. Okay. That's where he first met you. And so why did he want to eat plank so badly? Scrumptious. He just looked High delicious. cholesterol and good marbling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would imagine Farfar is kind of grisly. Grisly. <laughs> well, we know Virgil is. But, yeah, I guess the halfling or the gnome are probably the two tastiest looking morsels. Yeah, yeah. Alton would have just been an appetizer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but it was but very nice how we were able to turn the tables on the Oni, and Plank was able to eat him. I really yeah. was satisfied with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now we're through Ladies Pass, and we're got a, like an easy ride down to uh, our object, which is Answald. Yeah, should be easy. Yeah. I would like, like to vacation. say that there, were, there was a couple of things uh, in the last couple of episodes that are making Virgil kind of suspicious at least to the listeners, uh, but probably not to our party members. Virgil, can you confess these things to our listeners? Yeah, it was, uh, was it two episodes now? Before they headed out to that... The temple. Temple, right. Yeah, it was before we headed out to the temple in the town there. Um, he got approached by some fellow clerics of Rodros, definitely of the militant side, and they you know, recognized him and told him he was off station. He was supposed to be heading to Talabriga. So what the heck was he up to? And he, you know, was kind of evasive, but he did, you know, he told him that he knew what he was doing and that he had eyes on the Falcon. Yeah. So, Falcon. Who is so, most yeah, likely he, Milia. That was the code name that the church was using to talk about Milia back in some letters that the party intercepted like several chapters ago. Hmm. So, yeah, Virgil, I, I, I said in the last episode, I think to the careful observer, you know, one might be able to tell that Virgil's 
looking a little weighed down, looking a little uh, distraught, uh, maybe. Burning the candle at both ends. Yeah, because he he likes these folks. All right, so you uh, you head over Lady's Pass, and if you remember that you were kind of counting on Lily to be your guide on the other side of the mountains, she she had made contact with some of the bandits or the men of the Halfling King, and so she had a plan to meet up with them, and her pitch to you when you were hiring a guide was that she would lead you through this this land on the other side of the mountains. She died last week. So you're now without a guide. You don't really have any contacts in this part of the world. And, and the that was the other you... thing that Virgil didn't disclose to us is that he could have revivified her with, yeah. you know, you need yeah. certain items and he had them, but we didn't know about it. Yeah. And I, I do want to say too, didn't we have like, didn't Lily have some sort of coin or something that was she did. supposed to yeah. be helpful? And yeah. I did remember Plank uh, specifically said that, you know, well, we better loot her body for useful things as a sure, grave okay. robber, uh, you know, as chuckles as a grave robber. Uh, he definitely would have done that. Okay. So you would find mostly just sort of ordinary things. You know, she's got, you know, a short sword and leather armor, blah, 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 blah. She would have a little bit of spending money. Uh, and then, yes, you found this an amulet that she wore around her neck uh, made of hammered copper and it just has sort of like a G, kind of, you know, just a figure sort of like a G stamped into it. And you're guessing that's the thing that she had that was going to give her safe passage. Yeah, that would give her safe passage toward against robbers, was it? Or was it just the uh, Halfling King's men? Yeah, it's sort of ambiv- or ambiguous. I think it might be a little bit of a, from what you've gathered from the way she's talked, it's maybe a... Matter of opinion, whether they're bandits or they're kingsmen. Um, yeah. You don't get the impression this is like a, a real official standing army. Right, but. right. Alton, you want to carry this copper amulet? You were kind of pals with Lily. Yeah, I, I'll, I'd be glad to take that. You and, can honor uh, her. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I really feel terrible about Lily not being with us. I, she had so much hopes for joining this group and she was so positive about them but yeah i'd be glad to take the amulet. yeah i really thought you'd be your backup character <laughs> <laughs> well you know the other thing too i kind of depended upon her for uh driving the cart I- i'm gonna get off my horse as we travel and i'll i'll drive the cart now myself have you guys ever seen the movie jumanji no yeah i love uh, the uh, english hunter yeah. in that one I- because it sounds the new or the old one, like the old one. Because every time Zach does something, I hear the Jumanji drums banging in the background. Because <laughs> your stupid microphone, Zach. Ah, dang it! Just don't move, and we're fine. I'm trying. Yeah. Anyways, I know you're trying to do your best. Well, you know, Virgil does his best. <laughs> anyway, uh. Welcome to the Riverlands. You guys have crossed the mountains. Um, the first day of travel is uneventful. It, at first, you don't really miss the lack of a guide because the road down from Ladies Pass, it's pretty easy to follow. It's an old trail. It's well-worn. There's not like a lot of traffic on the road, but it's so old that it's clear which way to go. The first day, not much happens. You pass a couple shepherds. They don't really have much in the way of useful information. The second day of travel, the weather turns rainy and you know you're going down 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 
at the end of the day, you do find a shelter at a farmhouse. One of you approaches. It's a small farm, um, but there are two farmers there named Marcus and Nimue, and they invite you in. They offer you shelter. I would like some shelter. Okay, it looks like a you know it looks like a nice little farm. It's small. It's just the two of them. Their kids have grown up and moved away. But the, there's sheep in the barn and barley starting to grow in the fields. And they're Ken. What do they have? Like a silo? Is that what would they keep barley in? Ken has relatives that are farmers, so he, he's my go-to farmer knowledge man. Uh, they, they have a grain mm. bin. Grain bin. bin. They got a barley bin. A barley bin. Uh, but Marcus and Midway, they're real gracious hosts. Uh, you know, up in the hills. You know, you never really know who your visitors actually are. These two have grown up with stories of demons and dragons and even kings traveling incognito. So it pays to be generous. So they offer you, if you want to stay for a couple of days, you can get, uh, you know, get rest up here and maybe wait out the rain. As you're uh, waiting, you know, Milia starts a conversation and she's kind of curious about what, what, what the plan is. How, how are you going to get from this edge of the mountains down to the city of Oswald. You've got this basic map that uh, we're looking at. And she's wondering, now that you're sort of on your own, what do you think is the next step? Would Great any question, of us be familiar? <laughs> yeah, that is a good <laughs> Would question. Would any of us be familiar with this area, Jake? So let's see here. Virgil, you're from way up north, right? Right. Yeah. So no, far, far is from way down south. Mm-hmm. Plank. Spent most of his time far away from. Yeah, I think Alton, you're the one who's closest. You gr- you grew up closest to here. There is maybe uh, you know a week's travel to the west southwest. The small town of ours, the village where you grew up. Of any of anyone, you're the only one who might know this area. Well, Alden does say that, like, I, I I know kind of the roads. I know how to get to ours, and I know how to get beyond ours. But I remember I was. I was on my way to be executed for the murder of the mayor. I was only let go with the idea that like I'd never show my face again um, near ours. So I think that like I could find roads from here around ours to the other side of the river, to the west side of the river. And then maybe when we're further down river, we might be able to find some kind of a barge to give us transport all the way down to Answald. Sounds like a great idea. Do you think we'll need to get supplies in this town of ours? Perhaps some of us might uh, go in there and and we leave you uh, outside the city or or have you go around it. Yeah, there's not much of a market in ours, but but there are along the river. If we travel due west here, we could cross the river, bypass ours, and then there will be the little river settlements where we can buy supplies. But then I think we take the land south of ours. We don't have this map, do we, Jake? The map that we're looking at on the screen? Yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, I think like your characters I... would have a map like this. Amelia yeah. would have brought a map. Yeah. Ours might not actually be mapped on her, marked on her map because it is such a small place. Mm-hmm. But you would know enough of that area yeah. to, to yeah. be able to And I know how we can get around ours. And, and I know some larger towns that would have markets that we'd be able to buy supplies. Um, so I think that like we, we should head kind of like due west, travel overland down here, and then maybe south of uh, downriver from ours, we could pick up a barge and then float down to Answald. So you want to go um, west of our... What about the little path that's kind of written in there to get on the river that's just over the Ladies Pass here? I think somebody 
by the name of the game master might have just drawn the answer. <laughs> so, but so like, can we just get on a river here? Yeah, like, well, we could. I think that ours is a little off the river. Yeah, we could do that too. Um, I'm not as familiar. I'm not as familiar <laughs> with the uh, the towns uh, on the river, though. Um, but yeah, we could do that. We're we're gonna spend a little bit more time in the land of the halfling king, though. Well, what do you guys think? I, d I don't have too strong of an opinion. Milia says, I defer to you, but I do think that a long overland passage will be slower. If we can get to a river, I think we'll be able to travel more quickly. Well, we could come down the foothills this way, here to here. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, perhaps our hosts might be able to recommend where we could uh, find a boat or buy passage on a ship along the river. Sure, I, it's worth a try. So we can approach the two boat, two men. Is it two men, Jake? Uh, husband and wife. Husband and wife. Nimway's the wife. So we're gonna, yeah. yeah so we're gonna approach them and tell them we'd we'd like to get to the river south of here as easily and quickly as we can. Do they recommend a path? Uh, let's see. I just want to come up with this another one more town name here. A uh, peace town. Yeah. Um, the village of no monsters. Nimue <laughs> uh, speaks up and she says that all roads from here lead downhill and, and they'll take you down to the, the river. The The closest town is... Um, uh, Barge Ford? <laughs> yeah, Alton, you're close enough. You know the name of the town. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, there is a f place that's a Ford. And we might be able to get a barge there, and they've got a fairly good market. It's it's called Barge Ford, pretty barge original. Ford. Barge Ford. Barge Ford, great. Let's add it to the map. Uh, and she explains it's it's at the confluence of uh, two small creeks. There's the the Red Creek and the White Creek, and um, you know it, it's a it's a it's a very small little village. Uh, but she says that there's a new king in this part of the world and things have changed down there. We haven't been down the, the river in quite some time. You may have heard that there's there's a war on and there's a new person who calls himself the king of these these lands, including ours, although we've we've hardly seen any of his representatives. And that's that's fine with us. But I, I think if you follow the road that goes past our farm and, and just keep going downhill, um, you should eventually come and it follows the Red Creek which I'm pinging right here. Uh, and you'll pick up the Red Creek and then the road should just follow along there uh, and, and take you. The, the first real settlement is, is Barge Ford. Well, thank you. That's, that's great. I think that, I think that's uh, good advice. And do you, are you aware of any cautions, any like bandits or something like that along this road? Well, we spoke to some travelers who came up this way. They were heading east back back the way that you came from. And yeah, they said that they encountered some bandits who said they, they worked for, for the Halfling King. And unfortunately, you know, some of their supplies were taken from them. They were allowed to pass on. They weren't injured or anything, but um, sort of a, a toll, as it were, was, was taken from them. Well, that doesn't They're, sound very nice. As we understand it, these, the Halfling King has his... People sort of grouped into bands or clans, and they are not really quite settled yet. A lot of them have moved up here from further into the, the riverlands. A lot of halflings especially, but other folk too, when the church took over, they fled for one reason or another. They, they fled uh, east towards us here, 
And so a lot of them, you know, they brought with them what they had, but there's quite a few more people down in the valleys than there used to be. And I think they're trying to figure out how to, to make a new life for themselves down there. Our, uh, <clears throat> our folk from the church look down upon or uh, would they would they meet trouble? No, not necessarily. I mean, many of the people that follow the Halfling King are followers of Rodros. So I, I'm not sure about your background, but my understanding is that some followers of the church are more uh, political than others. We've heard stories that there is some some fighting between militias of the church and followers of this Halfling King, but I don't think you, Preacher, I don't think they'll have a problem with you, per se. I try to be about as far from the political end of the spectrum as I can, so... That's that's comforting. I don't even think he voted in the last election. <laughs> nope. Uh, <clears throat> nope. We live in a monarchy. There are no elections. <laughs> oh, right. And I didn't vote for that either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, well, guess we'll head down to Barge Ford tomorrow morning, huh? Makes sense to me. Um. I guess one other thing we should caution you about, I would recommend not going too far south. Um, I think if you go to Barge Ford, you'll be quite all right. But there's a, we've heard there's a man who calls himself uh, Baron Harkin. And his headquarters or his, his throne is at a place called Stewart's Gate. But he's been pushing further north. And so he and the Halfling King are sort of jockeying for a position, but he seems to be a, a bit of a more dangerous man. And I think if you meet up with some of his partisans, they're likely to be raiders. And so I, I would watch out for, for, for the men of, of the Baron. Got it. Baron Halton's short sword is talking to him. He says, yeah, I know the Baron and uh, stay away from him. I, I don't know that I could control you or me if we got close to that man again. You know, caution here, Alton. Well, that's the sword speaking. Ooh. That's the sword speaking, yeah. Caution, Alton. But none of He's... us hear that, right? Because we're not insane. Right, right. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, yeah. He's telepathically telling Alton. Slayer. <laughs> Slayer. Slayer. He's a bad man. Did I get the name? I don't remember if we've named the Baron yet. No, you just did. Baron okay. Harkin. Baron Harkin. At this point, I think, Milia, it's some quiet afternoon and you've been stuck inside for a while and it smells like sheep and you're drinking some homemade mead that the farmers have prepared and they're bustling about in the kitchen trying to make some food for you of their from their larder. And Milia asks Virgil and she says, Virgil, we've traveled many miles together uh, and I, I heard that you were traveling down the coast when the party met you at Kerkadan, but I'm wondering if you would tell us more of your tale, where you come from and, and how it came to be that you um, found uh, yourself well, on the road. I don't, I don't mind telling you that it wasn't my original intention to be a wandering pilgrim. In fact, I was a small town priest and protector for many years little village up there called alpine good folk strong folk and uh independent folk and i cared for them like uh, the family I, I never knew well it's a sad story really um i reckon some folks came to our town that 
were aiming to stir up trouble and and they did and uh we thought we'd solve the problem turned out that those folk had something to do with or had friends high up in the hierocracy of the church of rodros and so uh some church folk who outranked me considerably came to the town and uh, well something had to be done and I was sent away, and I've sort of been adrift ever since, uh, just looking for folks who might need a good word of truth, a little protecting. I reckon eventually it'd be great to settle down again in a small town, but uh, I haven't found the right place yet. So what'd you do wrong to get kicked out? Well, there was a, like I said, the, the folks who came to town aiming to stir up trouble uh, one of them, it turned out, was a deacon. Well, he was was threatening folks, and I sort of looked the other way as the townsfolk uh, dealt with him and the way that they saw fit, the way that I honestly thought was appropriate for someone who was uh, behaving as he did. Um, but it turns out there are others who disagreed and thought I should have stepped in. Well, sorry that happened to you. Yes, well, um, just goes to show that uh, keeping secrets never works out well for anyone. Um, yeah. Yeah, that sure does, Virgil. Keeping <laughs> secrets. Yeah. yeah. I don't mind saying that uh, it eats at me, sort of what's what, I, what I've done. And uh, the most troubling thing, I think, is that as I, as I look it over, and think back to what I might have done differently, I still think I did the right thing. Huh. Um, and, uh, well, that's the first time I've done something that felt so at odds with uh, the faith that I held on to quite tightly. Reckon I haven't been able to reconcile that in my own thinking. Well, maybe Rodros has a different path for you. Perhaps. Uh, I certainly have enjoyed my time with you folk. Amelia, I'm eager to see you succeed on your journey here. Anything that can sort of take care of, you know, as you've said, we'll be making connections that can supply food and take care of folks in uh, your neck of the woods for quite some time. As I understand it, that's a, a good part of what we're doing. So, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm... I'm eager to, to see that succeed. Seems both you and Alton have a trouble with authority. Well, you might be right. <laughs> I hope that you as a person of authority don't uh, take it personal. It sounds like you stood up for what was right. Well, I hope so. Say, Milia, uh, what what do you think is going to happen when you uh, get to Onswald? Um, who is it that you're making contact with? Uh, her name is Yrsa. Oh, that's right. That's right. She's a woman I've known for my whole life, really. But uh, we haven't seen each other in a long time. And frankly, I don't know what's going to happen. There's there's a chance she'll betray me and uh, my trip will end there. So perhaps we'll get close and we'll make some more detailed plans. But I think I might meet her by myself for your sake. But I think I understand her motivations and I think I understand what makes her tick. And I think that we can come to an arrangement that will feed a great many people and enrich her at the same time. What do you think it is, Milia, that the church has has it out for you so much? 
I've never really understood the political machinations on either side of this conflict. What is it you think they want from you? Well, let's just say that I, uh, I have an association with the imperial family and the church has declared openly that they believe the imperial family to be fallen into corruption, which is nonsense, of course. Our emperor has dedicated his entire life to fighting this evil power across the sea, so that's certainly evidence that he's uh, not working under its power. The princep, his son, is a noble man. He's been acclaimed as so by pretty much everyone. I understand that even the archpriest of the church, Dia Silman, at one point wanted to marry his daughter to the prince. So perhaps uh, this all started from some silly family drama. What have you heard? I know that you come from a relatively small town, but people talk, and I'm wondering if you heard any rumors or any suppositions as to the goals of the church in this war? Well, to be honest, uh, much of what I hear is just the opposite of what you said, that, as you say, the the claims are that the emperor has uh, been corrupted, the empire itself is suspect and needs to be purged and replaced with the light of Rodros, um, which is pretty tough talk. And I guess to an outsider like me, I worry that it's just a ploy for power and property. Or perhaps that's true on both sides. It's awfully hard to let go of power when you have it. It's awfully tempting to reach for power when you don't have it. Yes, yes. Agreed. I would say one other thing in defense of the Empire. I am a staunch supporter of the Empire and the family. And, and I will say that for, for generations and generations that this family has, has led the Empire through a great many trials and tribulations. And whatever flaws the church sees, I think, well, my position is that those are the illusions or perhaps the lies of ambitious churchmen who, who as you said, seek more power. But we don't need to push this point any further. I, I, we're friends here, and I, I don't mean to bring politics to this humble and lovely dinner table. Perhaps, and I am maybe speaking uh, from the mead here, but perhaps after this trip is complete, our party, and I don't know if they've shared this with you before, but they have, in a past adventure, uncovered a bit of information about where the emperor may be. So perhaps after this trip, if all goes successful and the health of the town is established, perhaps... We'll take another trip over the and sea. And we're 10th level. And we're 10th level. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, and Blake I, can I, turn I, into a Kraken himself. <laughs> I wouldn't mind uh, trading all this uh, political business for a clearly evil enemy. It's worrisome when, worrisome when you're not sure who to believe. Yes, I understand that. And in the meantime, as always, it is the common people, the soldiers and the farmers and the, the townspeople who suffer the most in these wars. So let's bring it to a, a peaceful conclusion as quickly as we can. Well, I'll drink to that. Glug, glug. We yeah. should have some actual... He takes another, <laughs> takes another sip of his water. Water, okay. More ale! <laughs> Alden's been listening to this all. He's got he's got his pipe out and he's kind of like puffing on the pipe, listening to all of it. And it looks as though things are kind of breaking up. So he kind of walks up to Virgil and says, "Virgil, I I understand. I think a little bit of your story, but 
you got to remember you did what was best for the people that were there and there, there can't be anything wrong with that i hope that you don't feel guilty about anything that you had done you made the right decision you take care of the people that you're closest to and um i think that like any god would understand that so I hope you can find some peace and resolve in your own mind that you did the right thing. I've thought a lot about it after hearing what you said, and I really do believe that you did the right thing. Well, I certainly do appreciate that, Master Alton. Coming from someone like you who has certainly uh, suffered for the actions that he's taken to protect those close to him, I'll take that as an important vote of confidence. Good. I hope you do. I Yeah, I regret not being part of ours, but it wouldn't have changed a thing. I'm comfortable with my actions, and I hope someday that you'll also be comfortable. You certainly have been a great bonus and aid to us, and uh, I'm glad you're with us. Well, thank you, Alton. How are you feeling as we get so close to your old stomping grounds? Are we close enough that you recognize any of the landscape, or some are you of worried it- you'll see folks you know? Yeah, I am worried about that, but oh, there's also folks I want to see. I want to see um, my honey, not not the honey we met before, but I would love to see Honey's family and old Dan. I'd, I'd love to see those people, but I know I can't go back there. And this area is starting to look a little bit more familiar. I did a lot of traveling out of hours. I was kind of the person that from hours that would be willing to take those trips to either to a market or to, to run some errand. But no, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm looking forward to the next part of our journey. Well, from one man who earnestly wishes he could go back and see some of the folk uh, that he knew, I do understand how you must feel. And I hope you get to achieve that someday. I hope you're able to get home and see those folk without having to look over your shoulder. Yeah, Virgil, maybe both of us will someday be able to go back home. We can always hope. I'd love to to show you the the forests of Alpine. It's a beautiful country. <sighs> I love tough country the forest. makes for tough people, but I like it that way. Tell you what, someday you take me to your home and I'll take it to ours. Sounds great. I reckon uh, you'll you probably have uh, better food where you come from. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have you halflings are known for uh, being able to rustle up some mighty good grub. Yeah, and don't forget about the tobacco. We've got wonderful tobacco. <laughs> I hear that stuff's not good for you, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't inhale. <laughs> You'll all start to talk like Farfar. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight's podcast was brought to you by Camel Cigarettes. <laughs> Smooth taste of camel. (laughs) Make a constitution save. (laughs) So I don't know if like there's such a thing as like like a passive sense motive or something, but just hearing Virgil's story, I don't know if that would trigger Plank to be suspicious or anything to do like a sense motive or investigation or something. Yeah, insight kind of covers that. It's not just a reading. It's not mind reading, but. Right. So I guess I'd roll that. I rolled pretty good. 21. You rolled pretty good. So the way I tend to think about insight, so Ken rolled at 21. Mm-hmm. Um, the way I tend to think about this is, you know, you can't, you, you literally, you know, you're not, it's not mind reading. So right. um, 
but you might get a sense for someone's comfort level. You might get a sense for whether someone is being, how truthful they're being, how withholding they're being, just sort of like on a scale of, you know, not really to somewhat, to a lot, to flagrantly. Um, mm-hmm. um, uh, and then you also, if you want, you could roll like a deception roll. If there's things you're trying to withhold, you could roll that just to me. And then, <laughs> I don't ooh. know. So Virgil, because I don't know how to play this because like, yeah, I'm, yeah. to us, you know, Virgil's got a couple of secrets right. and to the players, you know, <laughs> also yeah, like normally you don't question your player characters <laughs> motives, but. You know, yeah, so I kind just, of feel like we're stuck in the yeah. middle. So that's why I was like, is yeah. this kind mm-hmm. of like a passive uh, insight or something? Sure, sure. Um, well, I mean, tw- 21's a great role. I think Plank would be able to tell that Virgil is not saying anything he feels to be untrue. Um, but definitely sort of as he got to the part about like this deacon and looking the other way, like just his body language would be a little evasive there. There's clearly more to that story. Yeah. About exactly what went down with the Deacon. But I I think Plank would also be able to tell, he seems to earnestly want to understand Milia's perspective. You know, Milia seems like a good guy and Virgil's trying to tell, is she really a good guy? And Um, Plank's trying to tell, is Virgil really a good guy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because he knows Milia, and he knows Milia right. is a good person, so yeah, and he's yeah. starting to know you. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think if there was something to take from it, it'd be that he's uncomfortable talking about this business with the deacon, um, and there's more to it, and that he is uh, that maybe he started out more suspicious of Milia than any of the party recognized at first, but has sort of is sort of warming to her and. It's sort of asking some earnest questions that you would have expected somebody to ask a little earlier. If like, it's odd that he's asking these questions now. It reveals that he was maybe just completely distrustful at first. Like the questions maybe are a little bit like high risk for him. Yeah, yeah. Or that the fact that he has these questions at all now just reveals that he's maybe. Yeah, started out much more distrustful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And maybe he's questioning his role now with uh, babysitters, aiding mm-hmm. Melia. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, speaking as Zach playing Virgil, um, you know, Virgil was sort of given a job and was told why the Empire's bad and isn't much for politics, but I think he at least generally believed what he was told and has found the Empire to be not the sort of cesspool that he was expecting. And the people to be these sort of mustache twirling evil people that he was expecting. And now he's not sure what to do with that. Yeah, because probably the propaganda he would have heard is that they're all sort of just mainlining these dwarven things, you know? Like yeah, you guys have seen yeah. what those are like. And so the somewhat caricature stories that Virgil would have heard are all just like, yeah, you know, they're all sitting on dwarven thrones and mm-hmm. they've got smoke coming out their ears and glowing yeah. eyes. Corruption. Yeah, you know, corruption of the wazoo. Zach, was Virgil banned from his, or was that he he elected to leave there? Do we know that? Um, I mean, his story is that he was sent away and not allowed to stay in the posting that he had in that small town. 
That's what he tells us. So it wasn't self Because that small town, the small town, you know, way up north is right outside of a bigger town where there was a much stronger, like, political presence of the church. And so he was sort of, you yeah. know, out in this outlying village, but still very much in church country, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, like, the powers that be came in and said, you can't stay here. You got to leave. Will you guys let me know when the weather breaks and you're ready to leave the farmhouse? I'm ready. Yeah. Ready? I don't think there's anything to wait leave, around for. Leave in the morning? Can Virgil do one more thing when he's sort of... Of course. When he's by himself. Uh, we're there for a couple of days, so I think he has a chance to change his spells around. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, he's got one third level spell called Sending, which can send to any creature with which he's familiar. Okay. Um, so he's got a contact in the church that he's yeah. supposed to report back to if he has his handler, his handler yeah. Pearl and so officer. he'll send short message that is just to the effect of, um, cannot make contact in hours. We'll report in when I understand where the group is headed. Interesting. Very handy. Everything's different in this world. It's like a fantasy world with cell phones. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Very cool. And you get no reply, right? No. Great. Oh, no, I read it wrong. If the target is on a different plane, there's a 5% chance that it doesn't arrive. Okay. But as far as he knows, this is somebody who's back in... I can't remember the name of that town that was on the north of your map. Madbury Hill, that one? Oh, oh, Mad- way up north? Yeah, way up north, like on the northern edge of the continent. Yeah, I think it's Fearhold. Yeah, that sounds right. That was sort of where his, like, where the hierarchy's seat was up there. Gotcha. Okay. So not just the the guy that he met in the alley. Um, no, because I don't think he really knew that who that right? was. Gotcha. And he didn't gotcha. know, like, he was supposed to report in with somebody named Lucian, or Lucius, mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the town of Ours. But sounds like the party's going to avoid Ours, and Virgil's just as happy to not have to stumble his way through another conversation with a contact. <laughs> hmm. So that's all he sends. He doesn't okay. send any more information about where they're going or where they're at when or where they're at. Yeah. Excellent. You get no reply. I think they could reply, but you get no reply. Sounds good. All right. Uh, after a couple of days, weather breaks. And so I think you all have got your long rests all taken care of. Mm-hmm. Okay. Finally, the sun comes out and the road's starting to dry. And it's it's mid-spring now, so when the sun is out, it starts to be kind of warm and uh, the world is turning green again. As you travel on down the road, you're heading mostly downhill and the road is, continues to be pretty easy to, to find. You, every once in a while, you see little crossroads that go uh, north and south, but you stay on the main road. And uh, you've reached a point where the wet spring weather is triggered a mudslide that's kind of crossed the road. You've seen these in the distance um, from all the snow melt and then the rain and the thawing and the freezing. Sometimes it just happens. But one of these mudslides has covered the road ahead of you. So it's, it's not, not too bad. You don't have to go around it. It's just you have to be kind of slow picking your way over some boulders and, and washed out trees and stuff like that. You're, you're crossing this wreckage. Uh, when an arrow sings over your heads, you quickly look around and it seems like... Look at you. that. A singing arrow, folks. <laughs> uh, behind every boulder and every tree and every stump, 
you see a man or a woman, a human or a halfling, and they're all holding some kind of, you know, long bow, short bow, crossbow, or javelin. And they look pretty ragged. They don't look individually formidable, but you see a couple dozen of them. And they're just watching you. What are you going to do? Farfar waves at them. <laughs> Alden steps up and he speaks. He stands. He's he's on the on the cart, so he stands up in the cart. So he's pretty, mm-hmm. you know, making himself exposed. And then said, "Like, hey, in in halfling," he says, "We're just passing by. We mean no trouble. If you have some problem with us, come and speak to me about it." One of the soldiers is a halfling. He starts to approach you, and he's got a crossbow, not aimed at you, but sort of, you know, was it low ready? So, I mean, he'd be able to fire this quickly. And he approaches, and he gets within about 50 feet from you all, and he's, he's, you can see he's kind of eyeballing you all. In Halfling, he responds to you, you've entered the land of our king. What's your purpose for your travel? Is this all in Halfling? Yep. Alton replies, we're just on our way down to the river. Let me show you something. He jumps down from the cart. And he's real suspicious of you. You're clearly a warrior. and You've got gold bands and this sword, clearly an instrument of war. You're, and your walk is just that of a practiced, dexterous soldier. You know, you almost move like a... Like a duelist. Like a lion or something like, like a that. a duelist. Yeah, yeah, a duelist, yeah. So he, he has respect from you, even from a distance. Yeah. And so he lets you approach, and then you get about 10 feet away, and he, he stops you there, and he says, all right, what is it? And I show him the amulet. Um, he reaches over and he, he's, he wants to take it from you. No, I back away. You can see it. All right. In Halfling, I'm saying. You can see it. You know what this means. He squints. And then he yells out in common. Somehow they got the mark a long time. Where'd you get that from? He says to you in Halfling. I got it in Wolfschlag. Given to me by a person that meant to join you. But she unfortunately did not survive the travel. But I wear it in good faith, and I understand this gives us a pass. Clover? Did you meet Clover? Clover's dead? I don't know who Clover is. Who'd you get it from? A young woman named Lily. Who's Lily? She was she was a resident of Walchlag, and she had every intention of joining the Halfling King's men. She must have got it from Clover. They're here to join up, boys! And people start cheering. Now wait. All right, wait, you said come with me. <laughs> we'll take you to meet Long Tom. He's our leader. Wait a minute. We, we're, we're just passing through. We're, we're not intending to have any kind of conference with Long Tom. Well, you've got the coin, haven't you? I've got the coin. You either have the coin or you don't. If you're not here to join up, then... Give me the coin back. If I give you the coin back, do we pass? Either way, I think you're in for a conversation with Long Tom. This is above my pay grade. I'm not traveling alone. Is there a possibility Long Tom can come to us? Look, it's not far. It's a farm just over the hill there. Come on over. Talk to Long Tom. He'll get this sorted out. Can I come alone? You sure you're not here to join the king? We're here for passage. You you looked apart. We're here for passage. Yeah. Can I come alone? Come with us, will you? Can I come alone? Sure, you can come alone. Let sure me go. Let alone. me go talk to my. Leave mind. your friends here with some guards. Let me. Let me. Let me go talk to my group. All right, but be quick about it. What's he saying, Alton? 
Well, I don't understand. There's a, he talks about a man called Long Tom, and he thinks that this Amlet says that we want to join him. Well, we don't want to do that. So I've offered to go talk to Long Tom myself, and the rest of you can stay here. I, they're going to stay here and guard you guys, though, so I don't know what to do. Is it safe? Well, it's safe so far, but... I reckon we can't let you go on by yourself, Alton. Well, we're outnumbered. There's like at least two dozen people here, and they've all got ranged weapons. Let me go talk to Long Tom. Do you trust him? No, I don't trust him. I I have no intention of... I reckon we should stick with you. (sighs) Melia, what do you think? I think it would be safer if we stick together, unless um, you think this Long Tom, whoever he is, might have a problem with us. Well, we're all here for your safety. If you're willing to take this chance, then let's go talk to Long Tom. I think we split the party (laughs) enough as it is. Virgil is studying the group. He's looking to see if he can pick out anybody who seems uh, sick, wounded, hurt in some way. Okay. Are they all in good shape? No, I would say that, yeah, without having to roll, that you would see someone who's got some injuries. They all, they look dirty. And they all look kind of like they haven't been eating well, you know? And some of them are wounded. I think they want plank for breakfast. (laughs) (laughs) Not again. Virgil tries to pick out the youngest looking one who looks wounded and walks slowly toward him. Does he get any reaction from any of them as he approaches somebody yeah so the one you see is probably he looks like he's in his late teens uh, a human real scrawny um he's got a short bow that's about as tall as him you know he's just not not a big person and he's real nervous and jumpy and so he and a couple of the uh there's a couple other kids hit people around his same age around him and they're like what are you doing what are you doing uh, so Virgil slings his shield over his shoulder and, you know, to put it away, holds both hands out to the side, open palm to show he's got no weapons. Um, and he just says, uh, walking very slowly, he just says, uh, what's your name, son? They call me Ren. What's your name? Ren, you look like a tough one. Uh, my name's Virgil. I'm just a traveling pilgrim, but I have a few. Are you a church man? I do follow the light of Rodros, and uh, he's blessed me with some powers of healing. Um, Are you a spy? Oh, I I got no time for secrets in my life. And he pauses, thinking about the irony of that. And <laughs> uh, then say, he sort of reaches out one hand toward Ren, and he says, um, if you're able to trust me for a moment, um, like I said, you look like a tough one, but you also look like you got a nasty wound there on your shoulder. All right, the halfling that, that was talking to Alton sees this conversation. He comes rushing over and he's like, you there, you there, back to your group. What are you doing here? What's this sorcery? Uh, no sorcery to speak of, just good uh, church uh, healing. It's good for what ails you. Good for uh, whenever something goes uh, cattywumpus. <laughs> and, he, and he looks pointedly at Ren as he says that. And cast healing word. Oh boy, uh, boy, healing word. I'm just trying to see how conspicuous this is. He's not trying to like hide that he's casting it. 
Yeah, yeah. So it's just a verbal thing, one bonus action, instantaneous. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have someone make a wisdom saving roll here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And if they roll high, they keep their cool. They rolled high. All right, so everyone sort of, you know, they duck for cover and they all ready their weapons. Maybe an arrow flies high like a warning shot. But Ren shouts out, he healed me. He healed me. I, I think I'm better. How's the shoulder feel, son? Feels all right, but don't surprise me like that again. <laughs> so Virgil turns to the leader guy and he says, like we said, we're just traveling pilgrims. We want no trouble with anyone and we're happy to help where we can, but we are passing through. And we certainly would appreciate your letting us pass through safely. I appreciate the medicine, but I can't let you pass through. And he turns back to Alton and Halfling again, he says. Are you coming to speak with Long Tom or aren't you? Alton turns to the group and says, let's go talk to Long Tom. And he says that in common. And the group responds. Sounds good to me. Sounds like the DM really wants us to. <laughs> so Long Tom must have shoulder problems too. <laughs> it's got that sciatica that's bothering him. So uh, Alden, Alden turns to the leader of this band at least and says, lead us on to Long Tom. And he says that in common. Okay. I had this encounter all planned out with what Lily was going to do. But <laughs> so it's a good thing you saved that coin. I think that coin saved you some, some real trouble. Good. The lead halfling, he introduces himself. He goes by Badger. And he asks, Are you stealing all, asks all these names from Firefly? <laughs> is there is Badger, Baron Harkin. Harkin. Oh. No, I thought Baron Harkin. I was trying to steal a name from uh, Dune. Isn't that the name? It's like Harkonnen. Harkonnen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I definitely steal as much as possible. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Almost everything here is stolen. Uh, but this halfling introduces himself in halfling to you, Alton. He says, my name's Badger. What's your name? Alton. Alton Tealeaf. Alton. Alton Tealeaf. I feel like I've heard that name somewhere before, but Ugh. good to know you, Alton. It's just over this way. And he leads you, and it's really not that far. On the other side of a little hill, there is a farm. It's a stone building, pretty large. But the place all around it looks dilapidated. It's like a halfway between like an army camp and like a refugee camp. So there are tents everywhere. Some of the farm fields have been kind of stomped all over. There are a lot of people here, open cooking fires and... Uh, it looks like discipline's not real well kept here. Um, and it's more of what you saw in the ambush. The people here look hungry. Some of them don't even have shoes. Some of their shoes are falling apart. And you are brought up to the stone building. And a human comes out. He is a real tall guy with a long beard. And he says, well, my name's Long Tom. I'm the leader of this here band. We call ourselves the Red Creek Band. Badger says he caught you wandering down the road, and uh, I heard you even cast a little medicine on one of our, our boys, so I appreciate that, but I wonder if you might sit a while and, and tell me who you are, where you're going. Well, my name is Alton, and I, I don't mind if, if we could have this whole conversation in common, okay? 
Sure, certainly, no problem. We're a, we're a small group, and we're headed down river. We hope to get to Answald. We're taking a look at religious uh, uh, facilities, temples and such, and shrines. And all we're meaning to do is get down to Bag Ford, where we can get some kind of river transport and uh, get down to Answald. Uh, I'm afraid there's a uh, a toll that I, I'm, I'm going to have to collect from you. 200 gold apiece to help pay for food and supplies and so forth. Well... You know, I we ain't got that kind of money. Kind of steep. <laughs> is, is there is there some service we can provide in exchange for the coin? I mean, something like healing or something along those lines. Certainly, I'm a flexible man. I'm a step inside here if you don't mind. Uh, get out of the sun. Is there room for all of us in there? There is. Yeah, there's room for all. Okay. Of it's, it's a large uh, stone farmhouse. Okay, so I like my vitamin D. we could talk out here if you prefer but i just thought we might be more comfortable inside well let's let's talk out in the open all right well i'll give you a couple uh ideas um if if you're cash poor as it were it's a hungry time of year we're a long way from harvest and our supplies here are they haven't been coming in as quickly as um as i've been promised that king of ours he um He's he's a busy man. He has many demands on his resources, and, and just a lot of food hasn't made it up to us. So, what we're planning to do is go on a raid. There's a, a village controlled by the church not too far north of here. So, if you were to come with us, consider it sort of a shopping expedition. We'll go along. We'll carry off what food we can carry, any other supplies that we find. So, so that's steal? Awesome. Absolutely, yeah. We're at war. We're at war, and so this is a, a military operation. Against civilians? You're stealing against civilians? Master Gnome, I don't know where you come from, but you, you've walked into a war. You see all these people around here, they've, they've been driven out of their homes by the church, but they have to eat. We've got to get food from somewhere. We'll grow it when we can, but uh, we're just trying to get established here, and well, we just need to requisition food from other sources. You said there were other possibilities. Second option. My boss, Valamir, he sends down these jobs to me sometimes, and uh, here's one you might be able to help with. There's a fortress, and some prisoners are being transferred out of there. So an option is to watch for that caravan to come out of the castle and stop the caravan and free those prisoners. And if that's not good, I can forward you on to my leader, Valamir. He's got concerns of his own, so he might be able to... uh, Find a better better use for you folk, or if you've got cash, the cash for it, you know we can uh, we can send you on your way. I don't know if that much money. So where is your leader? He's south of here. That's the direction towards Bag End or uh, Barge Ford, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well. Well, we are heading that direction anyway. Yeah. Well, I don't like the idea of stealing from civilians, guys. No, that's that's a non-starter. Listen, let us, let like us travel south. I say we tell this guy we let him live, and we'll just go on. There's a two dozens of them. How many of them are there? Yeah, there was two dozen that ambushed you, but this is a proper war band, so there are probably about 100 people here. Maybe not all of them are warriors. 
you would estimate there are probably 50 or 60 people capable of bearing arms against you. So if we now none of them are particularly tough, you, you you might see the occasional proper trained warrior, but a lot of these are essentially peasants. So if we traveled south to meet your uh, leader, we'd be on the way to Bargeford, right? Yeah. Yep. You would. Well, uh, perhaps we'll check in with your leader, Valamir, on our way down south. Then we'll let you keep on doing what you're doing and be on our way. Then I guess, huh? Well, we'll send, I'll send Badger along to keep an eye on you, but that's how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. When you talk to Valamir, will you tell him what you've seen here? We really do need more food. We really do need more supplies. The, uh, the people he sent me, they didn't know what they were doing. Look, you don't owe me nothing, but these people are hungry. So put in a good word for us, will you? Sure. We'd be glad to. Alden gets um, Slayer talks to him and says, Ask him if we could raid Steward's Gate and get him some food. So Alden asks him that. Is that a possibility? I think Valamir would be very interested in that. I don't know how much, how much do you know about the lands of the Halfling King? Not that much. First time through. Well, the king, his name is Halfric. Valamir is one of his, his nobles, you would say. All these these nobles are always looking to sort of win the affection or win the the respect of the king. So I think Valmir would be very interested in taking glory for a raid against Baron Harkin. Well, I understand that the steward's gate is pretty wealthy and that it keeps all of his wealth close to his vest. So maybe we could empty his pockets a little bit and lighten his load. We wouldn't be opposed to that. The Baron's been pressing us pretty hard, frankly. He's got a bigger trained army than we have. I, th- I think I think Valmir would be very interested to hear whatever suggestions you might have. Well, do let we us have travel time to do all this, Alton. Let's well, let's let's travel south and see what happens. Okay, sounds good. All right, uh, we'll send you on your way, and uh, it's not too far a trip. You should see Valmir. Next week. Hey. All right. All right. Oh, is he so? Is he sending us with like Badger and a whole force of people, or he's sending you with probably twenty soldiers? Not that we can't just slap around Badger and send him home. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Do we have charm person? Yeah, we do. And we have fun. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> I figure Farfar probably named his glaive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>